Well, hello, and I want to welcome you to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Horton. I'm here to bring you a short message that's designed to help you become all that God created you to be and to live your life to the fullest. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get into today's message. Well, Pastor Mitch Horton again with Victory Church Weekly Podcast. Glad to be with you again today and hope you're uh, having a good week. Uh, It's amazing that it's November and we're gearing up Thanksgiving. My goodness. So uh, anyway, hope hope things are well in your world. Uh, I've been talking about the last podcast. I talked about the importance of forgiveness and actually I've spent a couple of... uh, a couple of uh, Sundays talking about forgiveness because it's something that uh, will always come up. We're in an out-of-control world, and people are really, in a lot of ways, um, giving themselves permission to say things, to do things, <clears throat> and and to act in ways that they should not act. And believers are doing this as well. So today is the day that <clears throat> you have to make a choice. I'm going to walk in love. And I'm gonna I'm gonna forgive any person that offends me. That that takes a choice, right? So, I've been talking about the importance of forgiveness. Last time, I talked about bitter root strongholds and bitter root expectations. Uh, Hebrews twelve fifteen mentions the fact that um, if I fail to forgive and hold on to an offense against someone, it can turn into like a weed that just colors my personality and affects my relationship, not only that, with that a person that I fail to forgive, but it can, it can bleed over into the other relationships in my life and, and literally sour my personality and make it very difficult for uh, me to have relationship with others. So that's why you've got, we've got to deal with forgiveness and make sure that we have a heart that is void of offense. There's no offense in us towards God or towards man. That's important. And again, uh, Mark 11, 25 and 26 Amplified Bible says this, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him and let it drop, leave it, let it go in order that your father who is in heaven may also forgive you your uh, own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. Then he, this qualifier is, wow, pretty strong. Verse 26, Jesus said, it, if you do not forgive, neither will your father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. So, you know, really, we don't have a choice in the matter. If I'm going to go to heaven and if I'm going to uh, want God to forgive my sins when I miss the mark and do what I know is wrong, then you know what? It behooves me to forgive others who have done me wrong. And so we've got to forgive, guys. And so Ephesians 4.32, I've read this amplified New Testament again. It says, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, lovinghearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ forgave you. So we're to forgive others as God forgave us. Then Colossians 3.13, be gentle and forbearing with one another. And if uh, one has a difference, a grievance, or complaint against another, readily pardoning each other, even as the Lord has freely forgiven you. So again, the admonition from the New Testament is, and from the Lord Jesus himself is, we must forgive. Remember, again, I read Jesus' story. 
his parable of the man who was uh, forgiven millions of dollars of debt, but he wouldn't forgive a guy who owed him just simple thousands of dollars. And uh, the person that he owed the debt to of the millions of dollars put him in prison until he had, he had, um, until he had paid everything. And Jesus said, that's what my heavenly Father will do to you if you, from your heart, don't forgive those that offend you. So, wow, that puts the onus on us to forgive. Is it always easy to forgive? Well, of course it isn't. You know, the flesh wants to hold a grudge. And you know what? Uh, we've got to be willing uh, to let things go. Uh, you know, um, some traits follow families and the family tree. And some families find it easy to forgive. Other families find it more difficult to forgive. So, you know, look at the, your family background. And if you have a family background who finds it easy to forgive, that is they let things go when people hurt them and offend them and they don't hold grudges, that's a really good thing. But you may be from a family and your family has a track record of holding on to things. Well, you may find it more difficult because your flesh is really strong in this area and you've really got to work on forgiving uh, here's what I found out. If I work on walking in the love of God, and that is the unconditional, self-sacrificial, agape love of God, you know what? There's no way I can hold offense. Because one of the nature of natures of love is it doesn't take account of the evil done to it, and it doesn't pay attention to a suffered wrong. So, you know, the very nature of love says, I'm not going to remember your past deeds against you. And I'm going to treat you right now just like you never did wrong. See, you can't do that and also have unforgiveness in your heart. So it's really important that we forgive. Three things that happen again when we, um, when we fail to forgive. Number one, it does break our fellowship with God. Secondly, it produces bitter root strongholds and expectations. And that's a, a bitter root stronghold is a, is, a, is a thought process where you know somebody did you something wrong to you. And, you know, it's just towards that person, but eventually it can sour your personality. And then that offense is not just towards that person, but it could be towards anybody else that reminds you of that person. It could be a spouse, a coworker, a, a boss, a friend, whatever. And yet that's why it's important to release any kind of unforgiveness towards anyone. It also produces bitter root expectations to where... Again, you just have an expectation that if a person's done that to you in your past, this other person may do it as well. So you got to get rid of the unforgiveness to deal with bitter root strongholds and expectations. We talked about that last time. And then it also produces really, really uh, tough physical problems. You, if you find yourself chronically sick over and over and over again, find out why. Look, God put... God put an immune system in our physical body. And besides that, Jesus purchased the ability for us to walk in physical health. And if you're constantly over and over again getting sick with this and sick with that, you may want to check up on yourself and make sure your heart is right. That is, there's no unforgiveness. Unforgiveness can, uh, can hinder us on the inside and it produces illness on the outside. So we've talked about that a little bit today. I want to hone right in here. Sometimes people give themselves excuses for forgiving. Now, this was in my notes uh, for the weekend services where I've talked about forgiveness. I just didn't have time or chose not to take the time to mention these. But uh, I actually got this from, uh, uh, there's 12 excuses uh, for unwillingness to forgive. Sometimes when people hang on to unforgiveness, they have reasons for it. And this, what I'm about to share, 
addresses the 12 reasons or excuses that some people give themselves for not forgiving. There is no excuse for not forgiving. Let's get real here. But here are 12 excuses. I actually got this from a book entitled Breaking the Cycle of Hurtful Family Experiences. And that is a really excellent book. I encourage you, if you've never read it, go read it. But these 12 excuses, I actually have an excerpt of each one that I pulled out of the, um, the course, Breaking the Cycle of Hurtful Family Experiences. And let me say, we have shared this course many times at Victory Church and will in the future. And it does just what it says. It helps you break the cycle of dysfunctional relationship and helps you, uh, helps you to let go of your past and, and, and let Jesus renew who you are so that you can walk with integrity to, towards other people. So again, breaking the cycle of hurtful family experiences as well, where these 12 things come from. So I want to acknowledge that. 12 excuses for the unwillingness sometimes people have to forgive. Number one, the person never asked for forgiveness. Now listen, you know what? Nobody has to ask forgiveness from me for me to forgive them. I'm mandated by God to forgive. That's not a valid excuse. From the book, here's one of their, uh, one of their, one of their little... Um, uh, um, uh, analogies about it. it says Daryl knows he made you angry when he deliberately did not invite you to his open house but he never asked you for forgiveness you decided to withhold forgiveness until he requested bogus you can't do that we got to forgive even if the person doesn't ask us secondly the offense was too great let me ask you a question. Would God say that our, the offense that we've committed is too great for him to forgive us? Boy, you better hope he doesn't say that. You know, God forgave uh, David. I always use David as an example. God forgave David of, of uh, lust, adultery, and premeditated murder. That's pretty big on my, in my scale of thinking. Do you think, uh, is there any offense too great that God can't forgive us? God wants to forgive and forget. That's the reason we need to forgive others, regardless of how strong the offense is. Here's their example from the book. Grant's wife left him for another man, and Grant became bitter towards his wife. Her infidelity is too great a sin for him to forgive. Well, no, it's not. No, now, now whether, whether, he remains, whether he remains and she remains as his wife, that's something they've got to work out. There's another subject for another day. But bottom line, regardless of what somebody does, I'm responsible to forgive. Number three, the person does not accept responsibility. Again, you know what? A lot of people don't expect, accept responsibility for the things that they've done. And if, if a person doesn't, it's really, what is it? It's pride. And so just because a person doesn't accept responsibility for their actions and choices doesn't leave me any room to, to act in unforgiveness towards them. I have to forgive them. Here's an example again from Breaking the Cycle. Janet's mother emotionally abused Janet as a child. Her mother never admitted her harsh treatment of Janet. Janet refuses to forgive her mother. Well, again, whether she, whether that she chooses to... Um, chooses to acknowledge it or not. Let me stop right here because several of these examples say similar kinds of things. So let, let me mention this again. So, um, you know, many times uh, people say and do things that are, that are very hurtful towards us. And a lot of times they don't accept responsibility. They say nothing about it. But you know what? We have to forgive them. Now, what it doesn't mean, here's, here's, here's what I need to hone in on. There is a difference between forgiving someone 
and then restoring the relationship with them. You know, if trust has been violated in a relationship and somebody knows that they have done something wrong, that, or maybe they don't know it, but they've done something and, and it has harmed the relationship, both of you know it. Well, you know, you, you have to, do you have to forgive them? Yes. But the issue is the relationship may not be restored back to where it was before the offense occurred unless both parties decide to take responsibility and do something about it. Otherwise, you know, if uh, if you say, well, I forgive, but the person never really acknowledges it or that they've done wrong, there's no trust for the relationship to uh, uh, to uh, be entered into again. So got to be willing, y'all, to forgive people even if um, e- even if they don't acknowledge it. And it, forgiveness, again, doesn't mean the relationship goes back to the same level it was before the thing happened. That only happens when both parties are willing to admit that they need to work on the relationship and they admit some, uh, some amount of responsibility. Number three, the person. Uh, number four, I simply don't like the person. So, uh, you know... That really has nothing to do with whether or not I forgive a person. Like has to do with friendship. And you know what? We're called to love everybody. And uh, I mentioned in a recent service in our church, we're called to love everybody. We're a family in the family of God. And, you know, if you've got a good-sized church you attend, there may be people in that church that, that, you know, you don't see eye to eye with and that, you know, your personalities may clash to some degree. You still have to love them. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to be best friends with everybody, for instance, in the church that you attend. But you know what? We're still responsible to love and we're responsible to forgive and get along with people. So, you know, if I simply do not like the person, you know what? That really that has nothing to do with forgiveness. Again, the Breaking the Cycle book says this. Here's their illustration. Cindy does not like Martha, who constantly tries to make Cindy look bad at work. You may have people at your work that do that to you. Every emotion in Cindy calls for getting back at coworker. Well, that emotion is the flesh, and we're to walk in love towards people. She certainly does not want to forgive her. You know, the Bible says pay back evil with good. To be not overcome of evil, overcome evil with good. So again, even just because I don't like the person, it's not a valid excuse for failing to forgive. Number five, the person committed the offense too many times. Well, you know what? Boy, if that was an issue, then, you know, how many times do you sin? And then God says, whoop, you've done it too many times. Not going to forgive you this time. Aren't you glad that God doesn't act that way towards you? We can't act that way towards others either. Here's breaking the cycle. Their illustration of this, Candy's husband stayed out late playing cards every Friday night for three years. Some nights he didn't come home at all. Forgive the jerk. Look how many times he's wronged me. Well, you know, Cindy exclaimed. So, you know, a person with that kind of relationship, number one, they need some good communication. They need to sit down and talk things out, number one. But again, we're called to forgive people. You know, uh, in, in close relationships, people often don't take responsibility and do the things that they know that they should do. And uh, it's a whole nother subject to talk about marriage what should be allowed, which what should not be allowed, obviously, if there's an infidelity, if there is adultery, and or if there's uh, physical abuse where somebody could be physically harmed. You got to, you know, you got to draw the line sometimes somewhere. But other than that, we all don't always uh, um, live up to the expectations that God has of us or that others should normally have of us. So 
got to be willing to forgive people, you know, even if they commit the offense over and over again. Number six, the person's not truly sorry. Well, you know what? Um, <laughs> again, my forgiving some not one is not based on whether whether or not they're sorry for what they did. They've, Breaking the Cycle has this illustration. John pulled a practical joke on you. His prank caused you to be late for class, and your professor refused to accept your paper because you didn't submit it on time. John doesn't see anything wrong with his little joke. He made some rather insincere statements about being sorry, but he still thinks the incident was hilarious. So you know what? You may come across somebody that's not real serious. They're quite flippant about how they treated you and, and what they said or whatever, and it really bothered you, and you have to forgive them. They may, may never be sorry, but you know what? You've got to choose for, to forgive them. In my life, I don't know how many times I've had to release forgiveness towards someone. They didn't, wouldn't even acknowledge they did anything wrong. You know what? That doesn't let me off the hook because if it grabs me on the inside and hinders me, I've got to let it go or it hardens my heart and affects my relationship with the Lord. Number seven, I found an excuse for the offense. And let me read this before I make comment. This is from Breaking the Cycle, their illustration. When Hank behaves irresponsibly, his wife Sally attempts to forgive him by placing the blame on his mother who babied Hank even after he was grown. Sally thinks she has forgiven Hank when she really has just excused him. Whoa, that's a big one. So again, you know, sometimes we see somebody has a fault and that fault really digs us, it harms us, hurts us, whatever. You know, you've got to forgive them. And, you know, some people say, well, I don't really need to forgive them. They act that way because of this. Listen, regardless of the reason somebody says something or does something, we have to make a choice not to hang on to it, not to make an excuse for it, but to forgive them. Number eight, someone has to punish the person. Let me read this from Breaking the Cycle. For two weeks, Shirley has been cold to Greg, who has offended her. She will forgive him, all right, as soon as she finishes punishing him. No, giving the person the silent treatment. You know, um, that you, we, have, we have nothing in Scripture that tells us that we should, we should uh, punish a person because they did something that we didn't like. Well, no, that's not script. That's the flesh. Anytime you want to get back at or get even with someone, understand that that is the flesh and that's the opposite of love. And we're to love and for, to forgive. Number nine, the person did it deliberately. You know, a lot of people, a lot of times do things deliberately towards us because they're operating in the flesh or they don't know the Lord and they're unsaved and they're self-centered and how they think and feel. We still have to forgive them. So the illustration here from Breaking the Cycle is George's best friend, Hal, swindled George out of $10,000 after careful planning. George's mind races through the times he's been generous to Hal. George feels that he can never forgive the planned betrayal. Well, yes, you can. You know, somebody may do something similar uh, uh, like that to you, and you know what? It's not worth forfeiting heaven over. It's not worth hardening your heart over. It's not worth it souring uh, your, uh, our relationships with ourselves and others over. It's not worth our bodies becoming ill because of the stress of unforgiveness. No, let it go. Even if the person did it deliberately, let it go and forgive them and let God deal with them. Number 10, something keeps me from forgiving. Breaking the cycle says this, Steve knows he should forgive Joe, 
but he tells others that the devil is uh, devil presents his prevents his having a forgiving spirit towards Job. Yet Steve shows no sign of to resist Satan either. You know what? That's spiritual laziness. Let's get real. You know, something for, keeps me from get forgiving. Well, that's your own human will, and it's your flesh. If it's the devil, tell him to get out of the room, fall on your face in God, and say, God, help me forgive. That's what we do. Number 11, if I forgive, I'll have to treat the offender well. And again, this comes back to the difference between forgiveness and restitution. Ben excuses, breaking the cycle says, Ben excuses himself for slandering Steve by pointing out that Steve has offended him. He feels justified in lying to destroy Steve's reputation. Forgiving him might mean Ben would have to be nice to that scoundrel. Well, number one, if you're saved, you shouldn't want to lie anyway. Let's get real here. I think somebody needs to meet Jesus as Savior and repent of sin. Don't you think so? But again, let's let's broaden this a little bit. You know, um, <clears throat> I, I have dealt with many situations just being in ministry since 1981 where there was a, a really difficult thing that happened in a family. A divorce, for instance, occurred, and there was adultery, and there's immorality involved, and, and the person was unrepentant of that. You know what? That's really hard on the, on the innocent victim of that. It really hurts. It hurts emotionally. It's a deep, deep emotional and mental scar and wound, and, and it's really hard, I understand, but you know, you got to be willing to forgive the person for what they did. Now, what that doesn't mean is when you forgive someone, doesn't mean you go snuggle back up to them and act like everything is well. There's a difference, again, between forgiveness and the, and the relationship being restored. For the relationship to be stored, restored back to where it was before the offense happened, both parties need to accept their part of responsibility. And if one party in the relationship chooses not to, does that affect the restitution of the relationship, the closeness? Of course it does. That doesn't mean that we shouldn't forgive. And, and forgiving doesn't mean. And some people don't want to forgive because it means that they have to go right into a hurtful situation where the other person knows they did wrong and will do nothing about it. Forgiveness does not say you have to go back into that situation, right? It just means that you're releasing that thing from your inside. You're releasing it from your heart. You're, you've been honorable before God. You're doing the right thing. But that doesn't mean you have to go back and be in relationship with a person unless they choose to repent. So there's a lot to be said about that, and that is a really important point. A lot of people don't want to deal with forgiveness because, again, they're afraid that they have to go and treat the person as though they never did wrong, where they're living in wrong. Well, again, you know, we forgive people from our hearts, but again, that relationship, relationships are based on trust, equal tr trust between both parties. And if somebody's violated the trust, you, there's no way that relationship is going to be back on the level plane that it was before the offense occurred unless both people are willing um, to uh, take responsibility for their choices in the situation. So just understand, again, the difference between uh, forgiveness and restitution of relationship, two different things. Uh, number 12, lastly, I will forgive, but I'll never forget. Now, you know what? No excuse for that. Breaking the cycle, their illustration, Mary thinks she has forgiven her brother for his cruelty to her when they were children. But during arguments between the two, Mary repeatedly refers to past incidences. When Mary and her brother are together, she always seems to brood about past misdeeds. Listen, you know what? If I forgive someone, 
I make a choice that I'm not going to bring it up to the person that did it. I'm not going to bring it up to other people. And when it comes up in my own mind, I'm going to pray. So when you say, I will forgive, but I'll never forget, the lack of forgetting is a telltale sign that you also haven't forgiven. So we got to be willing to forgive, y'all. And You know, sometimes this brings up touchy scenarios and things that are very difficult in life. And, and I understand that. And let me just say that uh, I've had periods of time in ministry where I thought people didn't act the way they should have and they did me wrong, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, you know what? I want fellowship with God. I want my heart to be pure. I want my heart to be clean. I want to have good uh, relationships with the people in my life. I can't force a person to like me. I can't force a person to... Uh, to walk in love and walk in forgiveness and mercy. Some people just are just rascals. It's the way it is. You know what? I got to choose to forgive them, regardless of whether or not the relationship comes back to par to the way it was before. I've got to choose to forgive the person. You know what? I've made those choices. And I can tell you, at the end of the day, it's a whole lot better to walk in love and forgiveness. It's a whole lot better, you know, to, to, to not have those things bound to your life and to be free from them is a really, really big deal. So I want to encourage you, be a person who makes a choice to walk in love and walk in forgiveness. And again, let me mention this. In closing, again, you may come from a family a long, that has a long history of holding on to offense and just right at the last minute, you know, your family members let things go and finally forgive. Well, don't partake of that and break that habit in your own life. If you've been around that all your life, ask the Lord to help you be a person who is tenderhearted, kind, and freely forgiving others just the way God has been kind, tenderhearted, and has freely forgiven you. Lord, I pray for me and all of us today as we walk through our journey in life. Lord, help us to take responsibility to forgive any offense that we have towards any person and to let it go and to let it drop. And Lord, I just give you thanks. Help us to walk tenderly and softly before you. And Lord, we thank you for your great grace, mercy, and forgiveness that you've extended to us on the merits of Jesus' sacrifice. Lord, we just say thank you in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you, my friend. Looking forward to talking to you again next time. Well, thanks for listening to the Victory Church Weekly Podcast. I hope you're able to get something out of the message today. Before you leave, please make sure uh, that you subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform that you're listening from. Doing this goes a long way in helping us reach a wider audience. Lastly, if you want to reach out with questions, concerns, prayer requests, or comments about today's content, you can email me at pastor at victorychurchraleigh.com. I would love to hear from you. Now go out there and be all that God created you to be today. God bless you.